Okay, so I want to start by reading an email that I sent to you on Tuesday before this report was released. Okay, so so bear with me. I'm going to read this email. It says, hey, Jeff, exclamation mark. How goes it? I saw your story about the imminent AG report on the green belt and wondering, is it going to be interesting? Worth a show? So. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Gray is the Globe's Ontario Provincial Politics Reporter. And I wanted to talk to him about a long-awaited report from Ontario's Auditor General that was recently released. I, I, I want to ask, so sometimes we sometimes call things in this news biz like a nothing burger. So I'm just wondering, was this a nothing burger? Oh, no, no, by no means, no. It confirms, it colors in the outlines of what people already knew or suspected or believed about just what happened when Doug Ford reversed his many promises to not touch the protected greenbelt lands that surround the GTA. The report examines Premier Doug Ford's handling of a two million acre swath of protected forest and wetland in southern Ontario. It's called the Greenbelt. And for years, Ford promised his government would never touch it. But now, the plan is to develop a portion of that land. And the report finds some developers got preferential treatment. Today, Jeff explains why the report is causing such a stir at Queen's Park and what it says about how the Ford government does business. I'm Cheryl Sutherland, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Jeff, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So, Jeff, this Auditor General's report, which can sometimes be called dry, AG reports aren't always interesting, but this one is being called scathing. Uh, And I'm just wondering, why has this report landed in such a big way? It was uh, eagerly anticipated Mm. uh, by people. This Greenbelt debacle, you know, starts in in, uh, last November Mm -hmm. when the government says, surprise, everybody, we're going to pull these 15 properties, 3,000 hectares uh, owned they didn't say this, but as it was later revealed, owned by very wealthy, prominent developers, several of whom are very big donors to the Premier's Progressive Conservative Party. When they did that in in November, all sorts of uh, people, opposition, politicians, environmentalists, other people were concerned about, look, some of this land changed hands very recently. Did the developers know? Uh, should the police investigate? There are all sorts of questions like that, and that's been going on since. So. Uh, in January, the opposition parties, first uh, Marit Stiles, the leader of the NDP in Ontario, and then the other opposition parties, all of them asked the Auditor General to investigate, and she agreed to, to do so. Mm-hmm. People really wanted to know what happened behind the scenes. How mm-hmm. did this decision, which seems to favor people with relationships to the governing party, to the premier himself, how, how did that decision get made? Mm-hmm. So, so let's let's dive into to what's in it because this was ninety three pages detailing an investigation into the Ford government's handling of the green belt up to this point of development. What did the report find? So, the report essentially uh, concludes that mm-hmm. the process that the government undertook when it secretly decided to reverse its public position uh, on. Uh, allowing development on the green belt, that the process was, uh, I think the phrase she uses, seriously flawed, hmm. biased, um, and that it favored certain developers. Those are strong words. 
Yeah, I mean, and and when you read through what what she describes, it mm. is kind of amazing reading that this is how uh, this decision was made. Essentially, the chief of staff mm-hmm. for Steve Clark, who's the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing, this chief of staff, Ryan Amato is his name, uh, was tasked with leading a team of non-political bureaucrats, civil servants uh, in the uh, Housing and Municipal Affairs Ministry mm-hmm. to try and take some uh, land out of the Greenbelt to build housing. Mm-hmm. And, and is that unusual? Yes. Okay. The whole process, there's nothing usual about okay. this at yeah. all. This this was highly unusual, done very, very quickly, a three-week mm-hmm. time period. Uh, and of the 15 properties, 14 of them were suggested by Mr. Amato to mm. uh, this group of, of civil servants who were supposed to analyze, uh, figure, do the mapping, figure out what property should and shouldn't be taken out. Um, and that's also central to what the Auditor General's concluded, which is that there was preferential treatment here for the developers, the small number of developers who own almost all this land. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Amato, um, she tells us, got the suggestions, the the idea for which lands to pull out directly from these developers at a development industry banquet. Okay. Uh, he was handed envelopes with the properties identified uh, in documents, and he passed those on uh, to the, the civil servants. So essentially the end result is, is these 14 of these 15 properties were selected through this uh, process that the Auditor General says it's completely flawed, totally unusual, mm-hmm. and indefensible. Yeah, so abnormal, preferential, done really quickly. I'm also I'm curious on your take. What stood out to you from this report about how this government operates? Well, it fits into the, the pattern uh, of the government, which has a populist uh, hue to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we know better than the the experts and the and the bureaucrats and the red tape, and everybody's going to get things done. Get you know, get it done was their was their reelection slogan. And and so the sort of slapdash nature of this, having all of this decision making in the hands essentially of one political staffer, mm-hmm. um, you know, decision that that the auditor general says has meant that a small number of developers, their lands are now worth, this is not a mistake, eight point three yeah. billion dollars more number. than they were worth the day before this Greenbelt decision was made. Just speaks to that kind of uh, shoot from the hip. Uh, slapdash back at the olive, whatever cliche you want to use, that that, that is something this government has run into before. Mm. As, it's, that's a problem that they've had before. One thing that, that the Auditor General does mention that's that's been seized on by a number of people is the fact that, that uh, people working on this were forced to sign uh, non-disclosure agreements, mm-hmm. which... Um, unusual, right? Which is unusual. I mean... You are already, as a member of the public service, uh, sworn to secrecy anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can already get in trouble um, for telling people things you're not supposed to tell them. So, you know, maybe in a, in some cases you need extra layers of confidentiality. So, for instance, the budget or, or things that might move markets. This clearly has that kind of implication. But because of that, the Auditor General tells us, the bureaucrats, the you know, professional civil servants, pl- planning people with planning expertise and so on in that in that department, couldn't go and ask other colleagues who hadn't signed those uh, what they thought of X Y Z. What what's what are the environmental implications? Mm-hmm. They couldn't go and ask the municipalities. Uh, do you have the the pipes, the capacity to build the infrastructure to be ready 
to make these sites uh, uh, ready for housing quickly. So essentially keeping it in a very tight group there is what kind of came of this NDA. I'm just wondering, so if the main findings of the report are that this whole process was flawed and that the province should put a pause on this before continuing, why is the province continuing with its plan? That's their also their modus operandi. They are putting their heads down and, and they think they can weather this. They're mm. going ahead with it. So that's already it's already underway. They have this tight timeline for the for the green belt. They want uh, the process. They want what they call significant progress on implementation and planning and approvals and all that by the end of this year Mm -hmm. and they want shovels in the ground by the end of next year or they say they'll put the land back in the green belt if they can't get things done quickly and it's important to remember the green belt is huge Mm -hmm. it's 800,000 hectares and we're talking about 3,000 hectares here so the green belt still exists Um, Premier Doug Ford and Minister Steve Clark did speak at a press conference after the report's release you were there Um, how did they respond they did a lot of repeating their uh, their message about uh, housing, uh, mm-hmm. and that that's a that's their their line in a nutshell. Is look, everybody, we've got a housing crisis. We need to fix it. We're sorry that we uh, broke some of the china while we were doing that, um, and we're gonna we're gonna do better next time. But mm-hmm. we we are not apologizing for moving quickly. We're in we're in a wartime situation with the runaway housing prices and the lack of, of, of home building and so on. Um, the problem with that is that there's a whole chorus of experts, reports, uh, the regional planners in all the regions around the city of Toronto where these Greenbelt extractions are happening, uh, who say that actually there's already uh, way more land than the province will be able to build on or needs to build all these homes. It's already earmarked. We do not have a land shortage. We have a problem with actually getting houses built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff, actually, in this press con- press conference, you actually did challenge uh, 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 Premier Ford. We have enough housing, according to a number of estimates, including bureaucrats who work for your government. The, the Ministry of Housing uh, told me several years ago this was the case. They have enough housing land earmarked for two million homes. The problem is we're not building, we're not building fast enough, and you've made other changes in that direction. Why do you need to ruin everything with this problematic process that's gotten everybody upset? But you may, you may call, I apologize, Minister, you may call it ruining. I'm, I'm calling giving people an opportunity to buy a home, to buy an affordable home, and you're comparing- What was the response like from, from the Premier? The the usual uh, response. I mean, uh, I, I think that the point I was sort of clumsily trying to make in my question was, uh, this is fifty thousand homes. Uh, the experts tell us you've got enough land for two million. You want to build one point five? We've got the land. Uh, this is a drop in the bucket. Fifty thousand homes, really, in the context of that grand goal, uh, you could build those homes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so why go to all this trouble? Um, when the government's doing all these other things uh, to speed up housing, the only result uh, that that it's produced so far uh, is uh, a lot of paper profits for the developers who own the land. Um, now, their response to that is, well, look, we're going to get billions more out of these developers to build all the infrastructure that's required. Okay, that's happening in, behind closed doors now, so we, we don't know. We can't evaluate how much money uh, the developers are putting up to, to, you know, to compensate for this windfall that they've gotten that, and how much benefit the communities and the province will get from that. We don't know. Um, but that's their argument. And and we will get we need to do everything uh, we can to build as many more homes as we can 
in order to deal with the housing crisis. We'll be right back. So this report isn't the first investigation into Ford and his relationship with the development industry. Like earlier this year, there was another one started by the integrity commissioner into developers attending Ford family weddings and his daughter Stag and Doe. Um, just can you remind us, where are we at with that investigation? So that's on hold. Okay. The, the integrity commissioner's investigation that is ongoing at the moment mm-hmm. is investigation uh, based on a complaint from uh, the leader of the opposition uh, that looks at uh, whether uh, Municipal Affairs and Housing Minister Steve Clark tipped off developers um, that they were going to do this in advance. There was, of course, the whole issue about who was sitting where and who was at one of the premier's daughter's weddings. Mm-hmm. And we know that several developers were there, one of whom uh, would later benefit from Greenbelt uh, removals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that investigation, which also includes this pre-wedding event that uh, there were lots of news Second stories about, yep. at last check, that is sort of in abeyance while the integrity commissioner looks at the central issue of of whether any, there was any sort of wrongdoing or, or misbehavior with regards to the developers and knowledge of the Greenbelt and that and that. So that, that investigation is still going on. But the integrity commissioner has also just been asked, at, one of the recommendations of the Auditor General mm. was um, that the integrity commissioner should look at this chief of staff that a lot of the problems have been pinned on uh, and see if he broke any of the rules that apply to him that are enforced by the integrity commissioner. And so one of the other things the opposition say is, hold it a minute, everybody. How on earth could the chief of staff of the of the housing minister uh, be doing all these things on a central marquee government policy um, that everybody knew was going to be controversial, uh, uh, important, um, without the direct knowledge of his superior, of the premier's office, of the premier, mm-hmm. of, yeah. of Minister Clark. How could that possibly be the case? Yeah. So, Jeff, these relationships between Ford and developers have been under the microscope by reporters and the opposition for a while now. Like, why are these relationships under scrutiny? The development industry, much of it was not pleased with the previous liberal government, particularly near the end. Mm. Uh, some, several, the developers were talking about in this Greenbelt issue are very, very large donors to the PC party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's worth remembering that other previous governments of different stripes have also had their own problems with relationships with developers, including with donations, because the development industry needs access, needs to convince uh, those in government. Uh, so its donation pattern switches in many cases, uh, depending on who is who's actually in government, which, you know, it's also worth remembering are, you know, legal, documented, but they are large. And the pattern of who gives to the to the PC party also has come up with these special orders that they can give to speed up development projects. So that's that's kind of where the uh, the scrutiny at the moment um, is focused. This government has done a lot of things that the development industry has asked it to do. Just to end here, Jeff, what is the Ford government's political strategy in dealing with the fallout? Because there has been quite a bit of fallout um, from this report. So so what is their strategy um, moving forward? Well, it looks from what we're seeing, it's double down. Okay. Nobody's going to resign. Uh, the fate of this chief of staff, uh, they haven't said anything about him, but he is going to be investigated or he may be investigated by the integrity commissioner. So 
So that raises a question mark around around him. Um, but at the moment, we don't have any sign that the premier wants uh, his trusted housing minister, Steve Clark, to resign. Um, and we have new PC party funded ads online and on radio that highlight the housing crisis and the need for uh, the government to do more to build homes. And on Friday, uh, the premier and uh, Minister Steve Clark were in Mississauga at a construction site where they're building a supportive housing facility for uh, homeless people. Uh, we had them again uh, going through all the other things the government is doing uh, to try and address this issue, which is which is a huge issue, mm -hmm. which is a massive mm -hmm. issue. No question about it. Every poll will tell you that. And that seems to be their their policy. They're saying, we're sorry, we're going to fix the problems the Auditor General has outlined, but we are not slowing down or stopping uh, on our plans to to build more housing. Then you get into the debate of whether these things that they're doing will actually get us anywhere near to solving the problem. The refrain is, whoops, uh, sorry about the Greenbelt stuff, but housing is so important. We just got to keep going. And get that message out to the public. That is that is what their goal. I mean, it's also the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, while it does seem people are, are interested in this story and we're getting a lot of feedback on it, it is also a long time in politics until the next election, mm -hmm. which is 2026. Mm -hmm. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show. This has been really interesting. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I'm Cheryl Sutherland. Nagin Nia is our summer producer. Our producers are Madeline White and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer. And Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.